0: Hello, I'm Willie George, and I want to welcome you to the Faith Roots podcast. We're talking about what it means to be a spiritual person, spiritual man, spiritual woman. I'm taking our text, our basis for all of this from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, For they are foolishness unto him, Uh, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual, verse 15 says, discerns all things. So in order to understand how spiritual things are imparted to you, you have to realize something about your own makeup. You're a spirit being. You were created in the image and the likeness of God. God is a spirit. If you're going to have fellowship with God, you have to be a spirit being, and you are. You have a bridge between your body and your spirit, which is your soul. It is your mind, your emotions. So your mind and emotions are in between your spirit and your body, and it's, it's how we operate most of the time in the soulish part. But at, the more we grow spiritually and become aware of our spiritual nature and we become aware of spiritual realities and truths, the more we learn to dominate our lives and order our lives in correct order, and we become truly spiritual people. And uh, this is how you become spiritually mature. This is how you get off that roller coaster where you're moved by your emotions and you're troubled by things very easily and you're constantly being burdened down with bad news. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that a person who's spiritual is not afraid of evil tidings. You know, Jesus was out ministering, and uh, uh, there was a man who came with him, to him and said, uh, Master, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Jesus said, I'll come and heal her. And while they are going, uh, there's a delay. Another woman comes and touches the hem of Jesus' garment, and she's instantly healed. And during this process, a messenger comes from this man's home and says, don't trouble the master any further. Your little daughter is dead. And so Jesus looks and he says, be not afraid, only believe. And so the man at least got into agreement with Jesus because he didn't argue with him. He didn't try to talk him out of coming. He went on with Jesus. And when Jesus got to the place where the little girl was, uh, Mark's Gospel chapter 5 records it, and also it's in uh, Matthew 9, he went in and took the little girl by the hand, and he raised her up from the dead. And so Jesus was not troubled by this bad news. It is because he was the embodiment of a spiritual person. So what is a spiritual person? A spiritual person understands that there are two kinds of knowledge— There is knowledge that we acquire through the five physical senses. That's called sense knowledge. Jesus introduces the concept in Matthew 16 where he tells Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. You, Your five physical senses are part of your physical body, and that's how we receive a good part of our knowledge. But you can't get spiritual knowledge that way. You have to engage your spiritual ears. That happens when you hear God's Word. When you hear God's Word, there's something that begins to happen. I'm, I'm telling you, when I heard the gospel preached and really understood that Jesus loved me, died for me, and was making a demand on me to receive Him, you, you, you couldn't talk me out of it. I knew that he was raised from the dead. I'd never seen him, never had a vision, didn't know anybody else who'd ever seen him, but I was convinced of his reality. It was a truth to me, it was so strong. And, And how was I convinced? I wasn't convinced by natural evidence, I was convinced by spiritual knowledge. About a month later, I knew that I was called to preach. I never heard a voice, I never heard anything audible, I didn't see an angel. But I had a knowing on the inside of me that God had put me on the earth to become a pastor. And I've had a long and fruitful ministry, 50 years of it, being a pastor. And uh, that's what God put in me three to four weeks after I first accepted Christ. And it was a deep and abiding knowledge. That's what spiritual revelation is. It's a knowing that is given to us from God, a communication that He gives to us. And so we need to develop that capacity, and we do it when we hear the Word of God. Now, we connect with God through our spirits. And we have to reprogram our thinking. We have to learn to think with God, not to contradict God, not to argue with God, not to fight against God in our own thoughts. We have to learn to accept His ways above our own ways. You know, God says, "'That's how and why I sent you my word, for my thoughts are not your thoughts.'" It's a great passage to read. It's found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, he says, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God said, I have given you my thoughts so you can change your thoughts. Come up here, think with me, learn to think with me. Romans chapter 12 says that we renew our minds uh, by thinking God's thoughts. And that's why he gives us his word. It changes us. And that's when we become truly spiritual people. But here's what happens when you become a spiritual person. We put our bodies into their proper places. We make our bodies servants who are taking directives from a higher authority. You know, a lot of people are controlled completely by their physical impulses. A lot of men and women are controlled by lust. They know they shouldn't do some of the things they do sexually. They shouldn't cross some of the borders that they cross. But they're completely and totally given over to lust, and they don't know how to control it. And it is because they are not truly spiritual people. God gave you His Word so that you could govern your physical body. You know, we enter this world and we're very body conscious. I have the sweetest little granddaughter. She is the cutest little thing. And she has personality plus. I mean, uh, she is amazing. And she's my baby girl's little girl. And so she's really special for that because she came to the baby of our family. But uh, now that she's about 14 months old, she's beginning to show a little bit of a temper here and there. And there are certain things she doesn't like. And you can really tell that she wants what she wants when she wants it. And uh, so she's very much controlled by her body. Whatever her little body wants, she is gonna throw a little fit till she gets it. And she will have to be trained to say no to every little impulse that strikes her. That's what child training is all about. Uh, You learned to govern your body. I remember when I was in high school, I had to learn how to govern my body. I'll never forget it. When I was a sophomore in high school, I was in off-season football practice, and I started pushing myself like I'd never pushed myself before. I pushed myself in running. I pushed myself in the weight room. I worked out when I didn't want to work out. I went for another rep with heavier weight when I didn't want to do that. It totally changed my life. I got stronger and stronger and faster and faster, turned my football career around, all because I decided to become the master of my body. And that's how God made us. Your body was meant to be your servant. So let's read here Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, 26 translations is where I'm reading. I plead with you, brothers, says the Apostle Paul, in view of all the mercies of God, in view of everything Christ has done for us, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies as a living sacrifice consecrated to God worthy of His acceptance. That's what a spiritual person does. A spiritual person learns to control his body. I learned to control my mouth. I learned to control my temper. Uh, You know, I I grew up where you just flew off the handle. I had that example set before me in our home, and I lived that way. And as a young man, I got into all kinds of fights and things because I said whatever came to mind, and, and I let my temper run my life. And I learned as a follower of Christ that you can't live like that. If you want to have great and lengthy relationships that bear fruit for a long time, That uh, you run off all of your people. The Bible says uh, that if you trouble your house, you inherit the wind, book of Proverbs. And I've seen members of my family who live like that. And here they are old, and uh, they would love to have a lot of people around them, but they can't because they've spent 60, 70, 80 years being absolutely belligerent toward anybody who comes around them. And they can be kind for just a little bit, but then they blow up and they lose their cool over the slightest little things. And And what happens is nobody wants to be near them. And so you have to become the master of your body. And uh, I I alluded to this in our last lesson, but I want to read it to you this time. We're going to go into a little bit more detail. Here we go, Acts chapter 12 and verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. That's James, the son of Zebedee. And uh, when it says he killed him with the sword, it means that he cut his head off. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he preferred it. Uh, He proceeded further to seize Peter also. Uh, So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him. So there were two who were chained to him and two right outside the cell door, and they rotated four watches of the day. And so uh, he was going to bring Peter out and execute him right after Passover. Well, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. So this was the very night before his execution. And he's sound asleep, bound with two chains between two soldiers. Now this is crazy. The man is going to be killed the next day, and he is so much at peace that he's able to sleep soundly. It tells me that Peter was in control of his body and control of his thoughts and in control of his mind. It is because he had revelation knowledge. He was able to function without fear. Now, I'm a big believer in this. When I see a story like this in the Bible... I want to go dig a little bit. I want to go back and see, okay, God, is there some place before this experience that you gave Peter some idea about what would happen in his life? Is there something that he could hang his faith on? Well, here it is. It's in the book of John, and it's in John chapter 21. And it's after the resurrection, but before the ascension. And Jesus has called his disciples to Galilee. They're on the Sea of Galilee fishing, and Jesus waits for them on the bank. And you know the story. They come over, and Jesus has a bunch of fish ready for them. And he feeds them, and he talks to Peter. And this is one of the things he says, John 21, verses 18 and 19. Most assuredly, King James would say, Verily I say unto you, When you were younger, you girded, or you dressed yourself, and you walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what? death, he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, said to Peter, follow me. And I believe there's a a double meaning to that. When Jesus said to Peter, follow me, I think obviously he means follow me from here on out. Follow me, I need you to fulfill your ministry. And that's what Jesus appeared to them for, was to get Peter back into the flow. Because Peter uh, was under condemnation. He had denied the Lord at Jesus' trial. And three times he cursed and said he didn't know Jesus. So three times on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus asked Peter a question, do you love me? And three times, uh, Jesus allowed Peter to affirm his love for Christ. So he undid the denials. And now it's time for him to get back on pace with his mission. And so that's what follow me means. But I also believe this. I believe that when Jesus says, follow me, and he says, stretch out your hands, and you're going to stretch out your hands when you do this, He's saying, you're going to be crucified. And we know that Peter was crucified. He was crucified upside down. They were going to crucify him right side up. But he said, don't crucify me uh, right side up. I'm not worthy. And they crucified him upside down. And this happened when Peter was really, really old. Now, so he followed Jesus, but Acts 12 was not the time for him to die. Now, this is interesting, and you, you can really see this. In Acts 12, verse 7, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Now listen to this. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself, tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. In other words, the angel said three things there. Gird yourself, tie on your sandals, and cast your cloak about you. Three things. Get dressed, get dressed, get dressed. Jesus had told Peter in John 21, you will not die until you're so old that you have to have help getting dressed. Well, Peter was still capable of dressing himself, and the angel made it a point to tell Peter, to to dress himself there in the prison, and it's God's way of saying, see, I told you, you would not die. You won't die. This is not the time. You're not going to die until you're so old you have to have help getting dressed. Now, this is what's so cool. It's the revelation that Jesus had given to Peter that gave him this supernatural peace. And that's why he was able to sleep is because he had a supernatural peace, because he had revelation knowledge. God wants to give you revelation knowledge. You can receive revelation knowledge just like Peter received revelation knowledge. Now, you probably are not going to see Jesus. Very few people actually have visions of the Lord. Some do, but not many. Uh, But there's every opportunity every day to sit down and read this Word and let it impart revelation knowledge to your spirit. And you know, this is what I have found. When you read God's Word very often, you don't seem to get anything out of it right then. And I compare that and liken it to the loading of a gun You know, when you put bullets in your gun, you're equipping yourself for later when you need to pull the trigger on that gun. You're going to go out and shoot targets, and something's going to come out of the end of the barrel because you loaded it first. That's the way it is when you read your Bible. You're loading revelation into your spirit, and when you need it, the Holy Spirit has that to draw on to make you fully aware of what that revelation means. I've had the Holy Spirit bring Scriptures back to my remembrance that I had learned but didn't really particular to get anything out of it. But in a time of need, that Scripture really meant a lot, and the Holy Spirit brought it back to me. That's what revelation knowledge is for. It is for you to use in place of these negative natural things that are going on around you. And this is what it does. Pay attention to this, Philippians 4-7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The Greek uh, word for this surpassing me is "hooper echo, and it means to be superior to, to be better than. What God says is, look, I'm not going to just erase all your negative circumstances. uh, He didn't say you're never going to have anything negative happen to you. Peter had something very negative happen. He was put in prison and was sentenced to die. But God contradicted that. And that's what he wants to do with you. He wants to contradict your negative circumstances and flip things so that you can learn as you walk with God to have peace even when a natural person wouldn't have peace. That's what a spiritual person is. A spiritual person has learned to believe God instead of believing all of his negative circumstances. Well, that's all the time we have today. We're going to get into the rest of this in our next lesson. I can't wait to get there because there's so much richness in this idea of what it means to be a spiritual man. Thank you.